the cross. Symbol of our faith, right? It's not just any symbol, though. And it's not just any symbol of our faith. It is the symbol of our faith. The cross is, is the symbol. I mean, it is what our faith is all about. It's what our whole faith is based on. It's based on the cross of Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, we see it everywhere we go. You see it in churches. You see it on church buildings. Ours is here above our baptistry. We have a, a cross in here. Uh, our cross, we have one on the front of the building. Depending on which view you're looking at it, that's the front of the building from what I'm told. Um, there's a giant cross uh, that's lit up at night. Uh, other church buildings, you will see the cross in their auditorium. You'll see it in their fellowship hall. You'll see it on their buildings. Everywhere we go, we see the cross. It's something that we give as gifts. We put it on a gold chain, right? And we'll give a gift to somebody of a, of a cross chain. Um, or we'll receive it as a gift. We hang them on our walls. Um, it was always interesting uh, whenever we would go to the ho- whenever I go to the hospital like St. Margaret Mercy or St. Mary's and Hobart, you'll see crosses on the walls of all the hospital rooms. Um, so that's just, you know, it's the cross. It, it's so important. Um, we hang it on the walls. We hang it in our cars. Uh, uh, from the, the rearview mirror, you'll see people driving around with the cross. They're speeding, you know, and so you're just wondering what's going on there. Um, <laughs> hoping that God's going to keep them safe, right. Um, but the, we see the cross everywhere we go. Um, you know, I, I wonder, you know, We're very familiar with the cross. Uh, We sing songs about it. Old and rugged, the wonderful cross. We sing songs about the cross, the amazing cross, the the cross of Jesus. Um, We're very familiar with the cross. And I wonder, I wonder, has the cross become too familiar? Has the cross become too familiar? Do we take it for granted? I mean, when you think about it, do we really understand what the cross is really all about. Do we really get it? I mean, we, we're very familiar with the cross. We, we talk about it every Sunday. Um, do we really understand the significance of the cross? It's interesting to me that we call the cross in which Jesus died the cross, as if there was only one, as if nobody ever else died on a cross, as if there was just that one cross in all of history reserved for Jesus alone. As if there was only one. Actually, it was a very common form of execution, save for the worst of the worst criminals. But, you know, we call it the cross. Um, you know, we know that Jesus went to the cross of Calvary. We know that he suffered on the cross. We know that he died on the cross to take away our sins. We're, we're very familiar with the story of how Jesus suffered and died. We know uh, that he suffered for us. He suffered physically in his body as they drove the, the nails in his hands and in his feet. We know that he suffered physically. We know that he suffered uh, emotionally. Jesus suffered emotionally on the cross um, as people insulted him, as they mocked him, as they spit upon him, as they made fun of him as he passed by. Jesus suffered emotionally on the cross. He suffered spiritually on the cross. He suffered spiritual loneliness on the cross. His father, with whom he had a very intimate relationship, he felt as if his father had forsaken him when he was on the cross. That God could not be in the presence of sin and he took all of our sins and heaped them on Jesus on the cross. Jesus suffered physically and emotionally and spiritually on the cross for our forgiveness. He suffered in so many ways. Why? Why would he do that? Because he loves us. 
He loved us so much that he gave his own life. He didn't want us to have to face the wrath of God. So he faced the wrath of God. He took all of his father's wrath upon himself so that we wouldn't have to face the wrath of God. He, he would rather die on a cross. He would rather suffer and die for you and me so that we could spend eternity with him. He would rather die than spend eternity without us. He would rather suffer for you and me than for us to suffer for all eternity. It's because he loves us. He died physically so that we wouldn't have to face eternal death in hell. But that doesn't mean that he doesn't call us to die. Today's sermon is called The Death of a Disciple. The Death of a Disciple. When it comes to this sermon title, I'm not talking about one of the disciples like Matthew or Peter or John. And I'm not talking about a disciple, an individual disciple who maybe lived a long time ago, or an individual disciple that lives today. I'm talking about the death of all disciples. And it's not about martyrdom. It's not about persecution. It's something completely different. You see, we do not have to face eternal death in hell, but we do have to die every day. We are called to a cross every single day of our lives. We are coming to the end of this sermon series now called It's Not About Me. And uh, we've been looking at different passages of scripture over the last six weeks that have to do with selfishness versus selflessness, service versus self-serving. Uh, we've talked about God's love and how much he loves us and how we should love others. We've talked a lot about loving God and loving others. And it's not just a little catchy phrase that we repeat on a Sunday morning. It's not just something that we do every Sunday to, to eat up seven seconds. Um, but rather, we've, we've talked about the purpose of our lives. And the very purpose, the very mission of our lives is to do just that, is to love God and to love others and to spread the gospel. And Jesus offers us an invitation every single day. And it's found in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. So if you have a Bible, if you can grab your Bible, turn to Luke 9, 23. We're just going to focus on one verse today. I'll tell you the context of the verse in just a minute, but we're going to focus on one single verse, Luke 9, 23. Also, grab your bulletin. You'll find in the bulletin on page 3 the handy-dandy outline. You can fill in some blanks in just a few moments. But first, I want to tell you a little bit about this passage in Luke from Luke 9:23. Said to them all, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself. That's what Jesus said. Jesus had just told his disciples earlier in Luke 9 that he was going to die. That he was going to be betrayed. He was going to suffer. He was going to die. He was going to be buried. He was going to be raised on the third day. He drops this huge bombshell on his disciples. He says, guys, I'm going to be die. I'm going to die. They're going to kill me. Chief priests, teachers of the law, they're going to kill me. I am going to die. And this is something that just, I mean, it crushed the, the disciples. They had just, right before this, Jesus asked them, who do people say that I am? And they offered him some suggestions of what people had said about him. And then he said, who do you say that I am? And Peter stands up and he says, you are the Christ of God. You are the Christ of God. Peter's confession of faith says that you are the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one, the Savior, the Son of God. 
That's what Peter believed about him. That's what the disciples believed about him, that he was the one whom God promised that he would send in order to save the world from their sins. You are the Christ of God. And so uh, Jesus says to him, well done, and then he drops this bombshell on him. He drops this bombshell that he is going to die. You know, this was their best friend. Could you imagine if your best friend came to you and said, I'm going to die? How your heart would break. Somebody ripped your heart out of your chest. What do you mean? How is this possible? Jesus said, I'm going to die. They had seen him do amazing miracles. They had seen him heal the sick and raise the dead. They had seen him, just in Luke, earlier in Luke 9, they had seen him feed a multitude with just a little bit of food. They saw him do these amazing miracles. Who in the world would be able to kill Jesus? Right? How is this possible that he is going to die? He had the power over nature, the power to heal, the power to raise the dead, the power to feed a multitude. And now he was going to die? How can this be? And to top it all off, he calls them to something. At the, as we get to Luke 9, 23, Jesus calls them to do something. He offers them an invitation. He offers them to pursue something, and that is discipleship. He says, if anyone would come after me, if anyone would come after me, the Greek phrase there uh, in the original language literally means a passionate pursuit. A passionate pursuit. How many of you are passionate about something? I'm really passionate about it, that you would just that you just go after it. I mean, it's like I, I've got to have it and I pursue it. And, and some people are passionate about money, right? Some people are really driven for money. Some people are passionate about fame. That's how I was when I was in high school. I started acting in high school uh, and doing high school plays. I, I played uh, the dentist in Little Shop of Horrors. Here, I'll see. I was the Steve Martin character. That's right. And I was awesome. Just so you know. Um, and then uh, my senior year of high school, I played Harold Hill, the music man and the music man. Again, awesome. Anyway, so I had big dreams. I was going to Indiana State. I was going to study acting. It's got one of the better acting schools in the, in the uh, Midwest. So I was going to go. I was going to become an actor. And I was going to be famous. To high school graduation, okay, my, my grandmother gave me a shirt, a purple shirt with green writing on it. Everybody else, all my classmates, never wore a tie in their lives. They're all wearing shirts and ties under their gowns. Me, I had a purple T-shirt that said Hollywood on it because that's where I was going. I wanted to be rich and famous. Rich, not so much. Famous, absolutely. I wanted to be famous. I wanted to go to Hollywood. I wanted to make big money and have everybody love me. Still do. I don't want to go to Hollywood. I want everybody to love me. Anyway, that's a whole other story. It's a whole other sermon. Um, but I was, I was so excited. I, and that's what I wanted. I wanted to be rich and I wanted to be famous and I wanted people to know me and I wanted them to, to adore me. I was pursuing fame. That's what, that was my passionate pursuit. What are you pursuing? What is your passionate pursuit? Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, if anyone would pursue me, if anybody would be passionate about me, this is what you got to do. The first blank on your outline is deny yourself. To deny yourself. The Greek word is the same word that is used to describe Peter's denial of Jesus on the night before he was crucified. When it said that Peter denied knowing Jesus three times, that he disowned Jesus. When he said, I do not know the man. 
I do not know who you're talking about. I don't know him. When Peter said that, he denied knowing Jesus. He denied him. This is the same word that is used by Luke, by Jesus, to say that if you want to follow me, if you want to come after me, you want to pursue a life of me, then you've got to deny yourself. You have to disown yourself. You have to deny yourself. You have to, uh, you have to give up and disown your personal desires and your personal preferences and your personal opinions. It's about giving up everything, denying yourself, saying no longer is it all about me, no longer is it about what I want and what I want and what I want. Because we do that, don't we? Well, I want this or I want that or I don't want to do that. Whenever you say, I don't want to do that to God, you're saying it's about me. It's about what I want. I want. God, I want this. And God, I want that. And God, I don't want to do that. Well, who's in charge? That's the question. Is it about denying yourself? This whole series, this whole sermon series has been about, it's not about me. And it's all about realizing that it's not about us. It's not about what we want. It's about what Jesus wants. It's, he wants more than just our half-hearted devotion. He wants more than just an hour on Sunday. He wants more than just lip service. He wants more than just a cross of gold around your neck. See, I'm a Christian. He wants more than a Jesus fish in the back of your car. He wants you, and he wants me. He wants our hearts. He wants everything. And to get everything, we have to deny ourselves. He wants us to be fully surrendered fully devoted followers of him to go all in to just go all in and say i am all in and anybody watch the poker on tv i can't it's just watching people play cards it doesn't do it for me but some of you may be like yeah that's awesome that's exciting and they got the little cameras that show you what their cards are and you think no don't do that like i've never watched it before right so anyway um but what happens when when they they i have the best hand possible i know i'm going to win what do they do they go all in and they just put everything out there. Jesus wants us to go all in, to give up everything and just say, it's all yours, Jesus. Every, I'm not holding anything back. And we'll do that, won't we? We will hold stuff back from Jesus. Jesus, you can have my whole heart, except this little corner over here called my relationship. You can't have that, Jesus. Or this little part over here in my heart, this is my money. You can't have that, Jesus. This is my job, and I act differently at my job than I act at church. You can't have my job, Jesus. He wants us to give up everything, to deny ourselves, to deny what we want, to deny ourselves. He wants us to die. Second blank on your outline is to die to yourself. In verse 23, again, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross to die to yourself you know in those days when you were crucified when you were sentenced to death when you were sentenced to be crucified they would take you and they would tie you to a cross beam at, at the place of sentencing so when the judge said you're guilty or the whoever said you're guilty and you were going to die by crucifixion they would tie you to the cross beam right then let's go there's no appeal there's no 15 years on death row you are going now. They would tie you to the cross beam at the place of sentencing and you would carry your cross through the streets to the place of execution. 
And along the way, the crowds would laugh at you and spit upon you and they would scream at you and insult you and mock you all the way. And you would carry that cross to the place of execution, then they would nail you to it. You would die. And you would carry your own instrument of execution from the place of sentencing to the place of death. That's like sitting in an electric chair and the, the execu- executioner saying, okay, flip the switch. I got to do what? Well, you're going to die. And you're going to die now. And you're going to flip the switch. That's exactly what this is like. Because you carried your own instrument of death through the streets to the place of execution. You know, the cross, it's not a fashion statement. It's not a fashion statement. It's not something you hang around a chain on your neck. The cross is a place of death. It's not a tattoo to get tattooed on your bicep. The cross is a place of death, of torture and, and execution. And it was the place, it was an instrument of execution for the worst of the worst criminals. And like I said, the condemned would carry their cross beam from the place of sentencing to the place of execution. Jesus says that this, the cross, this is the way of discipleship. This is the path of following him. Jesus carried his cross first. And if we want to follow him, it is only by the way of the cross. Jesus says that we must take up our cross You must take up your cross. I must take up my cross. Someone else can't carry your cross for you. Your mom, your dad can't carry your cross. Your brother, your sister can't carry your cross. Your children can't carry your cross. Your spouse can't carry your cross. You carry your own cross. And it's not optional. It's it's not like you can say, okay, Jesus, you know, um, let's, let's have an understanding. Okay, I'll carry my cross on Sundays from 9 to 10.15 or from 11 to 12.15, 12.20 if we run late. I'll carry that cross for that hour and 15 minutes on a Sunday. Or I'll even carry the cross, I'll pick it up again, you know, on like Wednesday night for Bible study or Tuesday night for Bible study. I'll, I'll carry the cross then. Or I'll carry my cross when I hear a sermon or I hear a Christian song. Then I'll carry my cross then. No, when you are nailed to the cross, you are permanently nailed to that cross. You take up that cross, and it's very clear that no one can carry that cross for you. You have to carry it for yourself, and you cannot follow him unless you die every day, unless you deny, and unless you die, you can't follow Jesus. Like I said, there is no understanding, and there are no ifs, ands, or buts. It is about following Jesus, and to do that, you have to deny yourself, and you have to die to yourself. But how often do we have to do this? third blank on your outline is do it daily. Do it daily. The follower of Christ does not take up their cross once in a while or once in their life. Well, I said a prayer when I was at camp back when I was 12 years old. Or I got baptized when I was 17 years old at a church or in in a creek. I took up my cross that day and then I put it right back down and just kind of did my own thing. It's not something you do once in a while. Luke 9.23 says, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily. Daily. You know, I'm not going to pretend that this is easy. This is hard work. 
This is, this is tough stuff. A daily denial and a daily death is really, really hard. And it's not very much fun. You may be thinking to yourself, why can't we have one of those fun preachers who tells us that Jesus wants us to be rich? Why can't we have one of those guys? You know? Why do we have to, Sean, why do you have to be such a downer? Why do you have to tell me that I have to deny myself? Why do you have to tell me that I have to die to myself? That I can't follow Jesus unless I do these things? Isn't it just, isn't it just enough? I mean, isn't it enough that, that I can just, you know, come to church once a week and feel good about myself and then go on my merry way? Isn't that enough? You see, it's not. It's, it's not because that's not what Jesus said. That's not what Jesus says in the Bible. The Jesus of my Bible says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily. That every day I have to make this decision, am I going to follow Jesus today? When I go to work, am I going to follow Jesus? When I drive down the highway, am I going to follow Jesus? When I get home, am I going to follow Jesus? In my interaction with my wife or my husband, in my interaction with my kids, am I going to follow Jesus? In my interaction with my friends, am I going to follow Jesus? In my interaction with my enemies and my co-workers, am I going to follow Jesus? Every single day. And that is not, I'm not going to tell you, oh, that's easy to do. That's uh, Denying yourself, that's simple. Dying, on, dying, taking up the cross every day, easy stuff, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. No, it's not. This is hard. This is hard stuff. There's a reason why Jesus said that the road to life is narrow and the gate is narrow. And few find it. Because this is the way of the disciple. If you want to be a follower of Jesus, if anyone would come after me, he must deny and he must die and he must do it daily. And again, it's not optional. He says, you must do this daily. So it means putting to death the old self with its habits and its hang-ups. It means denying the old self with sinful and selfish desires. It means choosing to deny and die every single day. Saying goodbye to unforgiveness and saying goodbye to bitterness. A daily denial and a daily death. When you come to Jesus for forgiveness and you, you, get, you uh, put your faith in him and you, you believe in him and you repent from your sins and you confess your faith and you get baptized, Jesus gives you all kinds of things. He gives you hope. He gives you joy. He gives you unconditional love. He gives you the Holy Spirit. He gives you peace that passes understanding. He gives you forgiveness. He gives you salvation. Jesus gives you all kinds of stuff. When you get baptized, when you give your life to Jesus, he gives you all kinds of stuff. And you know what else he gives you? A death sentence. A daily death sentence. Signed in his blood. A daily death sentence. This isn't fun, and it's not easy, and it's really, really hard remembering, waking up in the morning, okay, i got to die today. I don't feel like it. I don't want to do it. I don't, I don't want to. This is, it's too hard. I don't want to die every day. Jesus says that if anyone would come after me, he must t- deny himself and take up his cross daily, not once a week, Not when you hear a sermon, not on Bible study days. We are called to die on every single day that ends in Y. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. A daily death and a daily denial. Every single day.
The last blank on your outline, or I'm sorry, the fourth blank on your outline is decide to follow. Decide to follow. If you look in your bulletin, you'll see a quote there by Kyle Eidelman. It says, it's not about trying every day, it's about dying every day. The true path to discipleship is not through trying, it is through dying. That is the path of the disciple. That is the way of the Christ follower. That is the way to die for Jesus every single day. Then the last blank on your outline is that it is not through trying, it is through dying. Man. If you are not willing to die every day, if you're not willing to die to yourself every day, if you're not willing to deny yourself every day, if you're not willing to die every day, you don't know what it means to follow Jesus because he made it very clear. He made it very, very clear. Look at 9.23 one more time. He said to them all, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. I'm not going to stand here and tell you that it's easy. I'm not going to say, oh, it's a piece of cake. No problem. It's easy. It is a lifetime process. It is a lifetime education. It is a lifetime of learning how to die and to deny every single day. To say no to the self and to sacrifice for others is hard. That is hard work. Saying no to selfish desires and personal preferences, that is not easy. Putting others first and being a servant is really, really hard. Picking up that crossbeam every single day, every single day picking up that crossbeam and walking to a place of execution, it doesn't get any easier. I was baptized when I was eight years old. I've been doing this for almost 32 years, coming up on December 9th, like a month from now. I've been doing this for 32 years, and you know what? It's not easy, and it's not getting any easier. Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Take up his cross daily and follow me. Now here's the question. Who wants to follow Jesus? Where is Jesus? Jesus is in heaven. If you want to follow Jesus to heaven, there's only one way to do it. Through a daily denial and a daily death. If you want to be where Jesus is, then you want to follow him there. And if you want to do that, Luke 9, 23. If anyone would come after me, he must, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me.